0: From the very beginning of Lent, we were reminded that there are three fundamental practices, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. If you want a, a beautiful reflection on these three, you can look at today's Office of Readings, you can look it up. It's a famous sermon from St. Peter Chrysologus about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and how the three of them are interconnected and uh, interdependent. He doesn't use the words prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. He says prayer, fasting, and mercy, which is, I think, a helpful a helpful shift because almsgiving, as we know, as we think of it, is always bestowing money on those in need, you know, donations, when, in fact, what the church means by almsgiving is the whole package of love of neighbor. So it doesn't it's not limited to rich people giving money to poor people, it's, it's love of neighbor. So, prayer, love of God, fasting, love of self in an ordered way, and then almsgiving or mercy, love of neighbor. Well, today's gospel brings up a subcategory of love of neighbor. Um, we think of mercy as being kind to those in need. But part of mercy is also forgiving those who have offended us, and that's that's a lot harder. It's one thing to be merciful when you see somebody suffering and you care for him or her. It's one thing to extend mercy to those who need it and deserve it, especially when you have enough means to do it. That's great. But what about when people don't deserve it? What about when it's people who Oh you. Well, then it's a lot harder to be merciful and that's exactly where this gospel takes us. the whole question of forgiveness. Peter brings it up. If my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? In other words, the wrongdoing is on the part of the other guy. And what am I supposed to do now? How many times do I have to forgive? Seven times? Seven which is a lot. The scriptural uh, reference here seems to be in the Old Testament, it was considered, three times was considered a lot. Four times was really excessive, to forgive four times. And so Peter, being very generous, says seven times. And Jesus' response blows the whole question open. He says, no, not seven times, 77 times meaning a multiple of what you think of as being enough. (laughs) In other words, all the time. 77 or 70 times 7 means all the time. Don't limit, don't don't quantify your mercy. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Well, that's a nice thing to say. And And it's an appealing idea until somebody really offends us. And then our natural reaction is, well, why should I forget him? He owes me. He should do something to correct this wrong. He should at least apologize. And that's true. I mean, justice is, is, a, is a demand. But the problem is we make ourselves the absolute judge and forget that we are under a judge ourselves, we forget the mercy that we ourselves have received, and we become, we, we make demands on those who have offended us. So Jesus, in order to make this very clear, make it clear, how we really stand in our relationships with one another, and on the offenses that we have committed to one another, tells this parable of the two servants. One of them owes the king a huge amount of money, and yeah, and 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 that man, that, and another servant, owes that servant a very small amount of money. It's a it's a it's a a beautiful parable and an ugly parable. The beautiful part, of course, is the king's willingness to forgive the whole debt. Moved with compassion, he let him go, forgave the debt. It's very beautiful. It's almost unbelievable. It's. It's admirable. It's In fact, it's very much like the father of the prodigal. Remember, we heard about him last Saturday. How could you not love that guy? How could you not love the father of the prodigal? How could you not love this king who's so willing to forgive a huge debt that's impossible to pay back? Wonderful, beautiful. The ugly part of the parable is how this servant who has been forgiven so much treats his fellow servant who owes him a small amount. He's, he grabs him, he chokes him, demands from him pay back what you owe. That's the ugly part and that's what disturbs the fellow servants. Now it's one thing to say this parable has beautiful part and ugly part but remember the beautiful part is the way God treats us and the ugly part is the way we treat one another. So we're the ugly ones here. We're this servant who has been forgiven and refuses to forgive. That's us. And that's why this is a, an important Lenten instruction. For some reason, as I was pondering this, the image of the servant choking his fellow servant kind of caught my attention. <laughs> it's easy to imagine it. You pay back what you owe. It's a, in other words, Either you pay or I'm going to choke you to death. It's a threat. And as I was reflecting on this, I remembered a text I received on Sunday. Actually, Sister Carol got it too. It was in Tagalog, but it was basically a death threat. Uh, Because you have served as the guarantee for so-and-so's debt, now, your life is going to be taken in, in payment of the debt, not only you, but you and your whole family. I will hunt you down. I will find you dead or alive. I will never give up until I find your whole family. That's the way the whole thing went. And then, uh, and then whoever sent it, of course anonymously sent, uh, it was something like, uh, this is what this has been posted. Uh, so it shows uh, this situation. So. You know, I didn't know what to make of it, I get death threats every day, but and I, and it, I, I didn't think it was directed exactly at me, especially when they sent it to sister also. I said, what is this? Somebody probably got onto their social media and it could be some, you know, 11 year old or some kid who read too many comic books, especially when it said dead or alive in English. The whole thing was in Tagalog, except for the dead or alive, I said, oh, this, this guy's re- watched too many action films. Anyway, um, I decided to consult someone who I trusted about this, and and he said, you know, first of all, it's not directed to you. They're just letting you know that there's somebody who wants to get his money back, and it's not directed to you, and it doesn't have anything to do with you. So just forget about it, which is what I was inclined to do anyway. It came back to my mind when I heard about this servant choking his fellow servant. That's the that's whoever sent that text is is trying to choke the somebody to get his money back maybe it's a five six Maybe it is a you know loan shark or some type some some illegal some illegal uh, situation but you can see that the the thing is that that uh, lender or whoever's speaking for the lender is determined to threaten the whoever he can to get his money back I thought about it. I said, oh, I'd love to send that sender. I'd love to, whoever sent that text, I'd love to send this gospel passage. <laughs> well, see, here's the answer. You're trying, to, you're trying to, uh, try to threaten the death of somebody and his or her whole family. Well, what do you expect to get out of that? That's maybe what I was thinking here. What does this servant really think he's going to accomplish by choking his fellow servant? What if he does choke him to death? What good is that going to do? What if he gets his money back? Is that going to help him that much? I mean, he's the one who's been forgiven a huge amount already. What, what does he care? Why does he even think like this? That one who sent the text message, what does he think he's going to accomplish by spreading that all around on his social media? I don't even know who it is. What does he expect anyone to do about it? Well, anyway, that's not a very serious case. Uh, and Like I said, it's probably a teenager who's watched too many uh, TV shows. But I remembered another case. Uh, This is about a month ago. Uh, A a woman asked for prayers. She's a grandmother. One of her children... How does it go now? One of her children has left the faith and, and has turned his own children against the Lord and against the church. So here's the grandmother. First of all, she's concerned about her own son, but then she's also concerned about her grandchildren. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Here's somebody who's cut off from the church. And, and what, what she said about her son, this is what really, really, I don't know, struck my heart. He hates the church because of how he was treated by a priest. I said, "Oh man, you know I don't know what I don't know the details of course. but in other words, so this man probably has a, a good reason to hate the church. He probably has a good rationale. I mean, he's not crazy. He he has experience. He's been offended, and a lot of people have been offended. In fact, everybody's been offended by somebody. But it's worse if you're offended by by a priest or offended by the church. So I immediately thought, well, maybe that guy." has a has a just complaint but even if he does what does he hope to accomplish by holding it against the church or against Jesus what what does what he accomplish by who is he really choking here and as I thought about it I said the man's choking himself he's choking himself he's, he's He's harming himself in order to get back at whoever hurt him. And this is exactly the problem. This is exactly the problem. When we will not forgive, when we refuse forgiveness, even if we have a just complaint, even if the, the offender has really done something seriously wrong against us, and we have a right to demand justice, Even and, and that's sometimes true, even then, if we refuse to forgive, The one we harm the most is ourselves we ruin ourselves we choke ourselves we choke off our spiritual life it is hard forgiveness is hard and especially if the person is not doesn't apologize or if the offense is continuous or you know there's some kind of a judgment like they're trying to put the blame on me when in fact the the fault is his there's lots of there's lots of challenges But still, get to the bottom line. Lack of forgiveness harms the one who refuses to forgive. So how do we get ourselves out of this trap? Again, we look to the mercy of God. We look to how God relates to us. How God treats our debts. Today's first reading is a great example of it. Azariah standing in the furnace threatened talk about being choked he's he's in in a white hot furnace he he and his two companions are thrown into the furnace you know that story from the book of Daniel so in the fiery furnace and here's Azariah turning to the Lord acknowledging his own sins and the sins of his people acknowledging that he doesn't have justice on his side and asking the Lord to be merciful with confidence that god is merciful you're merciful oh lord so i'm turning to you you see how azariah instead of focusing on the injustice done against him and against his people recognizes that by comparison to what we've done to god that's nothing even if i am being thrown into a furnace even if i am being treated unjustly even if i even if people are putting the blame on me when it's really their own fault, or whatever we say. Get the bigger picture and see how God is writing off our whole debt all the time. Even before we apologize. He's ready to forgive. Okay, last step in this meditation. As I was reflecting on this, because I was thinking about first of all that uh, death threat case, and then the case of this woman whose son is, hates the church. And then I said, "Well, what? What about me? What about you? Who, in your life, do you want to choke? Who do you want to just grab and choke?" When I first started, I said, "I don't want to choke anybody. Come on." <laughs> and maybe that's your first reaction too. I'm not. I'm not out to get anybody. Come on. I don't have any enemies. But think about it a little bit further and say, okay, maybe not right now sitting in church and not think about choking anybody, but remember that feeling. And I'm sure all of us have had this, where somebody really made us, really hurt us, or made us angry, or both. And we want to correct the problem. We want to force that person to change and to and to and to make up for what he's done wrong. Well, if we can remember that thing, that means we, we know we still have this tendency to focus on the offense and to and to hold and withhold forgiveness. We all have this tendency. Maybe we've been able to overcome it. I hope so. Uh, maybe the the remembrance of wanting to choke someone, we have let that go, and you know if we've, we've been able to forgive. But still re- remember that feeling and remember that reaction because that's what this liturgy is, is uh, instructing us about, the absolute need to forgive because we have been absolutely forgiven.